So uh, 21st study of our study in, uh, throughout the book of Revelation, topical study. Um, and this is the second part of our study on the millennium, and we're probably not going to finish. We'll probably finish it next week. We probably won't get all the way through the study tonight. I'm going to take my time and um, go through uh, a few things about that tonight, and then we'll um, um, maybe end a little early. And then next week, we'll, Lord willing, finish up. May, may take maybe too much to try to do this all in one night tonight. Uh, turn, if you will, first to Revelation 20. And then we're going to go uh, back in just a moment to um, the, the book of Genesis in a moment. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 20. <clears throat> and pick up there in verse 1. We'll just read for tonight. We'll read verse 1 and verse 2. I saw an angel, verse 1, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold of the, of the, on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And over the next few verses down to, through verse number 6, we see that, that phrase, a thousand years, uh, mentioned six times there. And we said that word millennium last week in studying. We talked about the word millennium means a thousand years is what it, what it means. The word millennium is not in the Bible, but the, that phrase thousand years is, and that's what it means. Millennium means a thousand years. So we'll, um, we'll uh, go into this uh, study some more tonight. Last week we talked about how at the end of the tribulation, the Lord Jesus Christ comes back at his second coming or the second advent. It's the same thing. You can call it either one. He comes back at the end of that time of tribulation. The Antichrist and all his forces are defeated. Satan is bound, as we just saw in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 20. Um, uh, yeah, of chapter 20. And then we talked about last week, the nations will be judged. We look back in Matthew 25 and saw that how they'll be judged according to how they treated uh, the Jews during the tribulation. And there will be, as we've talked about before, a remnant of Jews who are looking for their Messiah. They, they do believe on him at that time and they know that he's coming back and there'll be a remnant of the, of the Jews who believe on him. Then there'll be some Gentiles saved. We talked about that a little bit last week as well. So the Antichrist will be defeated, Satan will be bound, and the nations will be judged. And uh, Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7 Tell us, um, uh, those are the verses we hear a lot at Christmas time. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Uh, it's not right now, it will be when he comes back. Uh, it's got, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And verse 7 of Isaiah 9 says, And the increase uh, and of, of his government, there shall be no end. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll increase forever and ever, but for 1000 years, he'll reign here on earth, but then eternity will be when he will reign forever in a new heaven. So that speaks of it. And then we spent some time, uh, when we looked in revelation 11, when we talked about the, um, when the, uh, last of the, uh, vials were poured out, the trumpets rather that, that sounded revelation 11 says, and, uh, when the sixth one sounded that, um, the kingdom of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. So he will take over the kingdoms on planet earth uh, when he comes back. Now remember, we will be with the Lord in a glorified body. We'll be in a body that can never, ever, ever know pain, that can never know death. It will not be limited to time and space the way it is now. 
Um, we will be with the Lord. We looked at some promises about that when we talked about the rapture. We looked at some promises about that when we talked about you know, where the church will be during the, during the tribulation. We'll be with our Savior. Wherever He is, we will be. When He comes back to planet Earth, we'll come back with Him. When He sets up His kingdom to reign, we will be with Him. And we'll be in glorified bodies that can never die. They can never get sick. They can never get old. They can never get tired. So remember that because we'll talk about in this study about there will be bodies on this earth that, that are still in physical bodies. And they will get tired and they will uh, die at some point. But not us. We'll be in a glorified body just like our Savior. Uh, the Bible says um, in 1 John, Behold what man of, the, of love the Father hath uh, bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And then it says, we know not what we shall be, but we shall be like him, for we'll see him as he is. 1 John chapter 3, we'll be just like him. We'll have a body like his. When he rose from the dead, remember the disciples, when they, um, when they met together, Jesus uh, was not there at the time. All of a sudden, he appeared in that room just out of nowhere because a body that he has, it could be touched, yet it could move that fast. It could move in and out, and it wasn't limited to time and space. So our bodies will be like his, his body that was a glorified body when he rose from the dead. So we'll be with him. We'll never again have any pain or sickness or death, nothing like that, all right? Also, uh, when he comes back, as we're going to see tonight, that when he comes to reign, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God will both be under his authority. Um, now, people get those mixed up. Um, sometimes when you're reading commentators and stuff, they say they're both the same, but they're not the same. The kingdom of heaven is one thing. The kingdom of God is another. Um, the kingdom of heaven, as we'll see in a moment, is a physical, visible kingdom. Now, when you see that word heaven, you think of the heaven that we go to you know, when we die. But the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom of rule and reign where Jesus will reign. When Jesus ministry began. Remember John the Baptist, the, the herald, you know, that, that said, behold, the Lamb of God was taking away the sin of the world. When Jesus came on the scene, he told Israel, John the Baptist told Israel, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then when Jesus was preaching at the beginning of his ministry, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. So they both said uh, a different thing. Does that mean they're the same? No, they're different, but they were both, they were both uh, together in Jesus Christ. See, uh, one, uh, both were present when he was here. But when Jesus was crucified and then after he rose from the dead, the kingdom of heaven uh, was, was uh, gone to Gentile powers and, and the uh, kingdom of God is here on earth. It's a spiritual kingdom right now. It's not a physical kingdom. All right, we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. Go with me back to Genesis, if you will, for just a moment. When, when the kingdom is here... Um, it's found uh, when it's together, the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven is found together uh, first before man sinned. And then it's found in Jesus. And then when he's crucified, the kingdom of, of uh, heaven is rejected. So uh, look at Genesis for just a moment. Genesis chapter three. God has always wanted to dwell among mankind. And when he did or when he does in the future, but when he did at one time, uh, his presence was here. His kingdom was here, and so everything was right, but then once sin entered the world, um, then that, that changed things. Genesis 3, this is where Adam and Eve sin and fall into sin in the garden. Before that, they had a perfect environment without sin. They had a perfect environment where there was no death, no sickness, anything like that. All was perfect. Look at Genesis 3 and verse number 8. This is after Adam and Eve partake of the fruit and disobey God. 
And when they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, uh, Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So even though that's not made real clear in the verses before that, or chapters, two chapters before that, it's apparent in verse 8 that God's presence was among them until sin had come into the world. And so it says then that uh, after they had sinned, they heard the voice of the, Lord, voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the idea there was it was something that was a normal thing. They, they normally knew presence and fellowship with God before sin into the picture. And sin entered in in chapter 3 when, when, the, when the serpent, uh, verse 1 there, when he tempted Eve and then she partook of the fruit, then sin, you know, sin entered into the picture. But they had walked with God. They had fellowship with Him. So God has always wanted to set up a kingdom on this earth. But the problem was not with God. It was with human beings. We're the ones that made the problem, not Him. And so one day He will, and that's what we call the millennial reign of Christ, when the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are both together in Jesus Christ. They'll both be present in Him. Uh, You'll notice when you read Paul's writings... Paul never, ever uses that phrase, the kingdom of heaven. He uses the phrase, the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because when Jesus is, is, is gone back into heaven, that kingdom is not present. Only the kingdom of God is present. His spiritual righteous kingdom is a little bit more on this. So the kingdom of heaven is a physical, visible kingdom. It's a kingdom in which there will be physical people visibly there. Uh, and they'll be present there, and planet Earth will be restored, and we'll see tonight, uh, probably if we get there, will be restored to its beauty that it enjoyed before Adam and Eve fell in the garden. And so it will be a place where the, God's presence will be there, not just spiritually, it'll be there physically through Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is a spiritual, righteous kingdom. Matthew six thirty three. you probably know this verse, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the kingdom of God is a righteous kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's just as real, but it can't be seen with the eyes. The kingdom of heaven is physical. It can be seen with the eyes, and it will be the rule and reign of Jesus Christ here on earth. Both of those kingdoms will be present. All right. So when He comes back to set up His kingdom, He'll join those two together. Let's look at a few things about this tonight. Uh, we probably won't get through all five of these tonight for time's sake. Uh, we'll stop a little early and see if there are any questions, and then we'll try to finish this up next week. It's too much to try to do in one week, um, probably. But go with me to Genesis, if you're still there. Go now, skip over to chapter 15. Genesis 15. This is the physical part of it. This is the kingdom of heaven part of it here, um, as well as the kingdom of, of God. First thing I want to see is that when Jesus Christ comes back to reign, Israel will get their original land grant that was promised to Abraham. Genesis 15, look at verse 18. This is when God made a covenant with Abraham. You read in the verses before that, it talks about him taking the, the, um, uh, making the covenant with him. And um, making a, a promise to him, and he took those animals, the, the turtle doves, and uh, mentioned earlier in verse nine, and, and um, took those animals and, and sacrificed them there on altar. And God made this covenant with him. This is a, an unconditional covenant that he made with Abraham. In other words, even if Abraham goofed up and messed up, God still was going to keep his part of this. Now, Abraham messing up, well, that causes some problems, but it doesn't uh, disannul the covenant. 
The covenant is good. Once God made that with him, it was good forever. Verse 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed, all his descendants, have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. So the Lord mentions there the boundaries of the land uh, that he originally promised to Abraham. Uh, if you have a, a map in the back of your Bible, or if you have the maps I gave out way back, uh, I think it was in another study when we were studying something, I, uh, I think it was when we were studying Acts, the fold-out map, if you still have that in your Bible, or maybe if you're using your phone and you have uh, maps on your, on your phone there, it's kind of hard to see this, unfortunately, from there, but if you have a map, you might can see that. You see the, the far um, left there is the Sahara Desert. Uh, this is kind of a mix between modern day and, and uh, biblical times, uh, even though the map itself says biblical times. You see where the far black um, border over there goes to the river there of Egypt, uh, right, right around Egypt and outside there of e Egypt. And then it comes on up through the Mediterranean Sea. It almost makes a triangle, but not a perfect triangle, but pretty close. Then you see the bottom down there. It goes uh, across um, uh, the desert area there. Whoops, Barry, went too far. Across the desert area there, and it comes over uh, on the south, way down here, close to uh, modern-day uh, Iran. It's in modern-day Iraq. It follows up the Euphrates River which is still, you know, we, we've talked about that actually in a couple of our studies. We talked about how uh, during the tribulation when those, uh, those spiritual frogs uh, are released and the Euphrates dries up so the kings of the east can come through, there's the Euphrates there. And then it goes all the way up. It ends up, the top part of it up here are the mountains around the area of Ararat where, the, where Noah's Ark uh, rested in Turkey, modern-day Turkey, okay? So that shows you the land grant that God gave to Abraham. But if you look in your Bible at, at the land grant of what they have now, it's not much. It's not even a percentage of that, is it? Because on the, on the far side, there's the Mediterranean Sea, just like we saw earlier, and the land goes down to here. There's the Dead Sea, and you still got a lot way over here that they're, they're not in that land. Uh, they're, they're, they're squeezed in now. Um, you know, President Trump had the, the deal they tried to make a couple of weeks ago to get all the Palestinian countries to agree and everything. But even so, that's not even a portion of the land that Israel is supposed to have and, and get. Here's another view of it. If, uh, you may, if you look at it, this is kind of from a, a, to get it a little more in perspective. This is modern day. There's Saudi Arabia here. Here's uh, Iraq I mentioned, and the um, uh, Euphrates River would be down over here. Modern day Syria. This little yellow strip right here is what they have now in comparison, see? Nothing compared, nothing compared to what God had promised Abraham. Here's this, you might be able to see a little better here. There's a country, and then there's that little yellow there is, is uh, Israel, modern day, what it is. But again, here's the Euphrates, so that gives you an idea of the, the land where it will be. So Israel will get their original land grant. Go over to the book of Ezekiel, if you will. There are a number, I just had to just, just uh, limit it to a couple of references. There are so many references, not only in Ezekiel, but in the other, what we call the minor prophets, like Hosea, uh, um, Jonah, my, uh, not Jonah, but Hosea, my, some of those other minor prophets, uh, they have references to this very thing that uh, Israel will go, they will get back in the land, they will get their land back, the original land grant. 
Ezekiel 37, pick up at verse number 21, down to verse 23. And saying to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they've gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations. And remember, in the Old Testament, they were divided. The kingdoms were divided after um, Solomon died. The northern were ten tribes. The southern kingdom was two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. He said, there will no longer be two nations. Neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places, wherein they have sinned, and I will cleanse them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. He will bring them back into the land. Uh, their um, disbelief in their Messiah that will be gone. There will be those who believe now in their Messiah when he comes back, and he'll put them back into the land where they belong. So they'll go back. They will be, and they will, during the millennial reign of Christ, they will get that land back. They will get it. It will be theirs then it'll be theirs for a thousand years. And that's uh, just another map that gives you another idea with some brighter colors there of the, uh, of the borders. So they will get their land back. Several verses that we could look at and see that. But God made that promise way back with Abraham. Abraham, your descendants through Isaac, Jacob, they will get that land. I'm, going to, uh, I'm granting it to you. That's, that's in my covenant with you, and it will come to pass. And so... Um, we, we know that, that that will happen. He will bring them into the land. Second thing is, we've got a few more verses here to look at, but go over, it may seem like a strange place, but go over to the book of Romans for just a second. Romans chapter 8, a wonderful chapter that Paul wrote about with so many wonderful promises. Um, it's it's a, a chapter that tells us a great deal about the Holy Spirit's ministry and, and the life of the Christian and in the New Testament church. Romans 8. Verse um, 22 and 23. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Just as, just as you and I as believers um, are looking forward to the day that we have that brand new body. We talked about earlier, there will never be no pain or suffering or sickness or even death. Just as that, um, that desire within us is to have that glorified body, uh, that same way all of creation, it says there in verse 23, is groaning and travailing together in pain. The whole creation looks forward to the day when its creator comes back and restores it to the beauty that it once knew before Adam and Eve fell into sin and then the, the curse came upon planet Earth. We'll come look at that a little bit more in a few verses in just a moment. But the curse will one day be lifted. It will one day be gone. And, you know, I, I'm, I just think different, I guess, from a lot of people. But, uh, I, you know, you hear all these uh, people talk about science and this and that, about global warming and all these kind of things and the climate change and all this kind of stuff. And there has been climate change, obviously. Uh, you know, this winter, man, I don't think I've ever seen a winter like this. You got cold, uh, got cold and you got <laughs> two or three days of downpour rain. You got cold again in the rain. So I've never seen a winter like this. But, you know, there might have been one, you know, 50, 70, 500 years ago, similar. Who knows? Uh, none of us were living 100 years ago, so we 
But I mean, you know, but and then you see things in recent years blooming way early, months early. I think it's just to me, it's just a, just showing more and more how this whole creation is groaning, waiting for the creator to come back and set things right, even in the creation. So it will be like it once was. Uh, let's look at a few verses about that. We'll take a little time on this tonight, and then we'll um, uh, move on in a moment to another point. But let's look at some more verses about this. Go over to Isaiah. These are all in Isaiah. So once you get there, I know we're flipping a lot tonight, but once you get to Isaiah, you'll, you'll be able to, to stay pretty close by, at least within a couple of chapters. Isaiah had a lot uh, uh, that he wrote in, um, in his book about uh, things that would come to pass when Jesus comes back, Isaiah 35 is the first thing we're going to look at, verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 35, verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to skip down to verse 8. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. One day all the deserts, uh, we, we looked at the map a while ago, we know there's a, a lot of wilderness and desert area around Israel. And then, of course, you think of Egypt with the... Um, we talked about the uh, Saudi Arabia, in fact, with the desert, you know, a while ago we saw on the map. Verse 2, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto in the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. You know, it's interesting. Verse 2 says, even with joy and singing. You know, it may be that when the earth is restored back, we'll actually hear the earth making some kind of song. Who knows? I mean, only the Lord knows that, but it's just interesting that he puts that right there, uh, that it will rejoice with joy and singing. But anyway, it will, it will once again, the desert will blossom like a rose, it says. Skip down to verse 8. And a highway shall be there, and a way, uh, uh, and, a way and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, and it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, uh, though fools shall not uh, err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, um, but the redeemed shall walk there. And this verse 10 actually is a chorus. It might be in our hymn book. I can't remember. Uh, words are a little different, but it's a chorus that we, we've sung before. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with, with songs and everlasting joy um, upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So um, the, the curse will be lifted. The earth will again be like it once was. Uh, river or the, uh, the deserts will, will blossom. And it says there that the, uh, the ransom of the Lord will come and there will be uh, gladness and joy and sighing shall flee away from, from us and from, from them. Chapter 41, verse number 18 is another one uh, about that. I will open rivers in high places. And fountains in the midst of the valleys, and I will make the wilderness a pool of water, and the dry land springs of water. So the Lord will restore this earth. It will once again be uh, fruitful, and will have water where once there was, uh, once there was desert, and once it was dry. Forty-three, chapter forty-three of Isaiah, verse eighteen. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Ye shall, not, uh, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So even in the desert, there will be water. There will be rivers flowing. And uh, the Lord will restore back like it once was before the curse was on planet Earth. Third thing is, 
also in Isaiah. Go over to chapter 53. There will be physical healing in, uh, in the millennium. There was a preview of this during the, the Jesus ministry and the disciples ministry. Um, when he was on earth, he healed uh, a lot of, he healed lepers. Um, he healed some with, with diseases that doctors couldn't do anything, you know, they couldn't do anything. He healed one that had a palsy. Remember the guy that in the book of Mark chapter 2 where the, uh, his friends, uh, there were people living around listening to Jesus in this house, couldn't even get in the house. This, this guy that had palsy, his friends wanted to get him to Jesus. They knew Jesus could heal him, so they'd go up on the top of the roof, <laughs> knock the roof open, drop the guy down in there, gently of course, drop the guy in there where Jesus could, could heal the man. You know, and he said, what great faith these guys had. You know, so Jesus healed a lot in his ministry on earth. In fact, um, the apostles had that ability to do that, to signify, to, to show that they were sent by the Lord for, for that purpose. And again, that's connected with the kingdom of heaven. Um, the, the healing that's, that, that was seen is connected with the kingdom of heaven. Isaiah 53. This whole chapter is a prophecy about Jesus coming to be our sacrifice for us, to die on the cross for you and me. It's mentioned that he's a shepherd, uh, like a sheep, um, verse 5. Um, well, let's see. Verse 6, I think in 7, talks about him being like a sheep led to the slaughter, lamb led to the slaughter. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now we know that during this age, spiritually we're healed in the sense that our sins are forgiven and cleansed through the blood of Christ. We know that to be true, and we're healed in that sense. But um, through the, throughout the years, there have been those saying, well, there's healing in the atonement, so in the atonement of Christ, the, His death, so you know, that gives us authority to go heal people. But that healing here, um, when, in, in the age we live in now, is a spiritual healing. We're healed from our, from our spiritual sicknesses. We're healed from, because we're, we're sinners, and we're given that kind of healing. In the millennial reign of Christ, there will be ultimate healing. Uh, anyone who has sickness, he can heal them there. And so in, during the millennium, yes, there will be physical healing because Jesus will be present and he will heal them physically there. So the fact that we, you know, we have sickness now in this life you know, shows us that that doesn't apply to this age as far as you know, physical healing. Uh, in this age, it's spiritual healing, but then there will be physical healing. Well, let's see some examples of that. Go back to 35. We were there a minute ago, Isaiah 35. Look at verse 5 and 6. Isaiah 35, verse 5 and 6. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart. A heart is, of course, a deer. And the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Again, uh, you see not only uh, the, you know, the, Earth being restored back with water in the desert. We saw that a few minutes ago in another passage. But also at that time will be, you know, literally physical healing going on. So the, the curse is lifted from the earth. And part of that is the uh, physical, uh, or is the, uh, the earth will be restored as we saw the waters and, and the uh, desert blooming like the rose, blossoming like the rose. And, and healing, physical healing 
will take place for those who are in physical bodies. This won't be for you and me. We won't be in bodies like they are. Our bodies will be healed that we'll never get sick again. But these will be for those who are living, that they've lived through the tribulation, they're still alive, they have offspring, we'll see in a moment. And there will, if they're sick, the Lord will heal them right there on the spot. He'll be able to heal them right there quickly on the spot. 42, Isaiah 42, and verse number 7. Um, to open the, the blind eyes... To bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Verse 7 there, to open the blind eyes. So he'll be able to heal uh, all who are sick during that time. There will be physical healing. So the curse will be lifted from planet earth. It'll be restored and there will be uh, the, the beauty that it once had. Deserts will, will have streams and you know the, all that will, will be changed. Uh, physically, people that are sick will be able to be healed. Four, because of that, lifespan will be lengthened. Go over to chapter 65, Isaiah 65. At least they're all in the same book right now, right? Isaiah 65 and verse number 20. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, uh, implying that there will be children born, obviously, an infant of days, nor the old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die an hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. And so um, during the millennium, there will be an expanded life, an extended life, um, where there will be you know, a lifespan much longer than it is now. Why? Because it will be in a perfect environment where there's no more curse on the earth and a place where physical sicknesses can be healed. And so that would lengthen lifespan because of that. So lifespan will be lengthened um, at that time because the curse is lifted and physical sickness. Let's go on to this one and then we'll actually close after this tonight. 65, if you're still there, look down at verse 25. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock and dust shall be uh, the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain, saith the Lord. So the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion will eat straw like the bullock. So animals will be restored to the way life was before the fall. Um, back up to chapter 11. And then we're going to go to Genesis and then we'll stop. So if you're in questions tonight, we'll stop. try to stop a little early. Chapter 11 of Isaiah, verse 5. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. This is talking about uh, Jesus. You read the verses before that. It's talking about the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed, and the young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, that's a, that's a serpent. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. That's a type of, of serpent. Verse 9, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So um, there's the physical kingdom of the, uh, of, of the animals going back to their original diet before the fall, not eating one another. And then there's the uh, spiritual kingdom of God where it says the, knowledge, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea, you see both the kingdoms together. So there'll be animal life will be like it was back in the Garden of Eden. And so uh, real quickly, we'll go there and then we'll, then we'll close. 
chapter 1 of Genesis. Chapter 1 of Genesis in verse, let's see, pick up my, my reading in the right spot here, verse 29 and 30. This is when God uh, created Adam and um, gave him dominion over all the, uh, all, all the earth, all the animals. Verse 29, God said, Behold, I have given you every herb uh, bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. So humans, Adam and Eve, before the fall, they ate a fruit. That's why when the, when the serpent tempted her, it was you know, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They ate fruit. They didn't eat uh, meat in that time. Uh, as far as like animals. Verse 30, And to every beast of the earth, to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every herb for meat, and it was so. So the animals there, according to verse 30, they ate uh, of, the, uh, of the fruit of the ground. They ate of, of uh, fruit and vegetables. They didn't eat uh, meat, didn't eat each other at the time. So uh, things had changed. Um, that's an artist, obviously an artist's con- conception of the wolf and the lamb. <laughs> Because that wouldn't be today. The lamb would be lunch if that was a real picture today of a real wolf and a real lamb, wouldn't it? So uh, anyway, that's an artist's conception of it. So uh, everything will be restored. We've got some more stuff. We'll wait till next week. But everything will be restored as it was before the fall. Uh, the Lord Jesus will be king of kings and lord of lords. He will reign for a thousand years. And uh, part of that will be everything will be back to the way it was in the Garden of Eden. All right, let's stop there. See if we have any questions or any comments or input tonight before we close and dismiss. One thing interesting that I was reading about um, Genesis 3, verse 1, uh-huh. um, when the serpent showed up to tempt. Genesis 3, 1? Mm-hmm. Genesis 3, 1 is not what I said. Anyway, um, it said um, that the serpent approached the woman on purpose because he knew that Eve did not hear the command of God firsthand. Only Adam did. The Eve what now? Had, did not hear the command uh, about not eating the fruit. Um, only Adam heard that. Oh, okay. That's a note you have yeah, in your Bible. Yeah. It's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that before. He, he approached Eve. Yeah. Um, Do you think, I mean, he wasn't, she wasn't yeah, back in verse chapter 2, yeah, yeah. 2 verse 17, yeah. but, of the, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there sh- uh, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Right. Right. She wasn't created. She wasn't made from his rib until verse 21 and 22. Uh, Right. Yeah. I mean, um, it could be, but, you know, it it may be that even though God might not have told her that directly, Adam may have. I don't know, but the scripture doesn't say. And it doesn't say the period of time from when she was created till the fall either. That we don't know. We don't know how long they were living in the garden before she partook of the fruit. It could have been a few days. It could have been years. We really, we, we really don't know. I don't think it was a real long time, but the Scripture doesn't say how long she, after she was created, before she fell. So, Yeah, yeah. Okay, anybody else? All right, we've got some more to go. We haven't finished, so we'll, Lord willing, we'll finish that out next week and talk about as the millennium ends what happens 
And then let's see, uh, we'll probably have, that'll be week 22. Then we'll have one, maybe two more studies after that. So we'll probably go about 24 studies total on uh, Revelation. We'll, we'll end probably two weeks from tonight, Lord willing. Weather permitting, you never know this time of year. So we'll just wait to see what happens. So we probably got about two more studies. Okay, anything else we'll close? All right, let's stand and dismiss. We'll get out a few minutes early tonight. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your love for us. And I'm thankful, Lord, for the Lord Jesus that uh, we know he is creator. And one day he will set up his kingdom, and he will rule and reign. Uh, but until then, the kingdoms of this world are uh, in the hands of mankind, of, of world rulers. Uh, and even then, uh, it's only limited because the Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 75 and 76, that you... Uh, raise up kings and you uh, bring them back down. In the book of Daniel, you say the same thing, that you, uh, you, you allow them to go onto thrones and then, then you take them off of thrones. Uh, we, we know that mankind is limited in so many ways, but you are God and you are all-powerful. And Lord, I, I know that as believers in Jesus Christ, we look forward to the day that you come to take us home uh, to be with you. And uh, we know that then when your presence will be with, your, with you in your presence forever and ever. I pray that you'll watch over us as we leave here tonight. As we continue to study over the next few weeks, Lord, that you'll uh, bless as we continue to study your word and what you have to sell it, say to us about the future. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.